0: The hour to which the podcast adjourned having arrived, the podcast is now in order.
1: Let's gather in for this week's State House Takeout with the reporters on top of Beacon Hill at the State House News Service. Here's Sam Doran.
0: Welcome back to another week, another edition of State House Takeout with Chris Lisinski, Katie Lannan, Colin Young, and Matt Murphy. Hi, folks. Hey,
2: Sam. Hello. Hey, Sam. Happy Friday.
0: Hey, happy Friday of a four-day week here on happy, Beacon Hill. Happy Good Friday. Happy, good. well, I don't know if it's
3: Not meant to be a
0: happy occasion, but <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, it was a four-day week here on Beacon Hill, uh, and it was school vacation week here in Massachusetts, but nevertheless had enough news to keep us on our toes and keep us busy. Uh, while last week the conversation was driven by the release of the House Ways and Means Committee's spending plan for fiscal 2020, this week uh, our reporters were diving into the 1,370 amendments that have been filed, and debate starts on Monday, House Budget Week. There are fewer amendments to uh, go over than last year, uh, and we're not going to go over all 1,370, uh, but Katie Lannon, and Colin Young, um, a lot of these are local earmarks. Some of them are policy related. Some of them aren't going anywhere. But Katie, as you pointed out this week, might be conversation starters.
2: Yeah, that's that's right, Sam. And you know, a lot of lawmakers use this opportunity as a as a chance to start discussion about some of their priorities um, and things they they might not necessarily expect to become part of the final spending bill. We see a lot of uh, standalone legislation filed as. As budget amendments, one example of that is, is Rep Dykema's uh, Pollinator Protection Act, the bill we've seen before that aims to promote the, the bee population by restricting certain types of pesticides. And then there's some some other kind of newer topics like Rep Mike Connolly's proposal to, to raise the capital gains tax uh, to nearly 9%, which is, you know, the House has indicated, Speaker DeLeo has indicated that this isn't really the time he wants to get at major revenue discussions, and he's looking to do that later in the year. But offering an amendment like that certainly gets it on the table for when that discussion begins in earnest.
1: Colin? Yeah, I think it would be sort of instructive for our listeners, some of whom are subscribers and have probably gone through several House Budget Weeks before. And uh, for those listeners who are looking forward to their first House Budget Week, uh, just kind of running through what, what can be expected next week, because these things do tend to have a bit of a pattern to them. Uh, you mentioned it's just shy of 1,400 amendments filed. Certainly, uh, we're not going to go through all the amendments uh, today, but the House isn't going to go through all of those amendments either. Uh, and just as of Friday morning before we came down to tape, uh, 28 amendments have already been withdrawn. So right. that process and they'll keep on started. getting withdrawn. Exactly. One way of looking at this is the House left uh, about $95 million of room uh, in its budget, for additional spending to be added in uh, through amendments on the floor, uh, that's the amount by which revenues exceed uh, spending in the in the budget. Uh, we're going to see the House start with uh, revenue amendments, like the Mike Connolly Amendment that Katie just mentioned, any amendment that would raise or lower the revenue base that the budget is built on has to come up for debate first, before the House orders the, the budget to third reading. Before the approval. initial approval, right. Exactly. And then that's when the House will then start getting into uh, earmarks and policy riders that members have filed
0: Sure. Now, Katie, uh, you had mentioned uh, some of those policy issues that might come up or some of the standalone legislation that might be introduced as an amendment. Uh, what are some of the things that we might have been expecting to see pop up in the amendment section that aren't there this time around?
2: Well, one thing that's that's notably missing that became kind of a, a big issue in last year's budget debate is the, uh, the so-called Safe Communities Act. Those those immigration restrictions on uh, local law enforcement and due process protections for immigrants. Now, that was something last year the Senate added to the budget, um, and its omission from the, the final budget was something that was raised a lot in uh, now Representative Nika Legardo's race against former House Ways and Means Chairman Jeffrey Sanchez, something that people in that district pointed to as they were uh, getting involved in that race. And it, it's worth mentioning although the house has never included it in the its budget before it has been proposed as an amendment before and it kind of it makes me wonder at least if if that's something we will see come up for further discussion at another point in the year if maybe the senate will go for it again um it's not a huge deal on its own because it's unlikely that the house would put it in the budget the House has a tendency to shy away from putting major policy proposals in the budget, um, and preferring to take those up as standalone bills, go through the committee process. But certainly, uh, something not making it into the House budget doesn't mean the the Senate won't try it out later on. Yeah, Colin. Other
1: amendments we won't see in the uh, House budget or anything dealing with the lottery. Uh, online gaming, sports right. betting, et cetera. The uh, uh, budget debate order that the House has adopted, just kind of setting out the rules for debate, uh, specifically excluded any of those amendments, so those would be ruled out of order.
0: Now, when they take a category like that and ru- say it'll be ruled out of order, uh, by, for what reason or by what logic is that done?
1: Well, in this case, uh, Speaker DeLeo has indicated that those topics, online gaming, online lottery, sports betting, are all things that he wants to consider at a later point in this session, uh, and they would all, of course, affect revenue. Um, So the Speaker's decision is to remove them from the budget debate and take them up as standalone issues later on in the session.
0: As lawmakers weigh some of these budget amendments, uh, how much extra money do they have to deal with, perhaps, at at this point in the year? How are revenues looking, and how are they compared to last year?
1: That's a good point, Sam. The House is looking at a a different budget picture this year than they were looking at last year. Uh, Right now, as things stand, the state is $19 million ahead of tax collection targets, uh, three-quarters of the way through the current fiscal year. A year ago, it was a a different situation. The state was about $900 million ahead. Uh, So things have tightened up. And uh, as Chairman Aaron Michlowitz mentioned when the House rolled out this budget, uh, the state is still in a a sort of volatile uh, revenue picture where where, uh, tax collections have been spiking up and down.
2: And as Colin mentioned earlier, there's that kind of 95 million bubble between revenues and spending. So we, we're certainly expecting them to add spending. Uh, we often see that done not only for for local earmarks, whether that be your your district's fire department or food pantry or after school program, but we often see it for kind of popular uh, spending areas that are that are you know well liked by constituents, the kind of things, whether it's education funding although certainly there's already a, a bigger boost in in local schools aid than there typically is um whether it's parks um one area that's one to watch is uh the funding for the university of massachusetts where right. um the governor's appropriation and the House Ways and means funding level are only 10 million dollars which a lot of money for you and me um in a 42.7 billion pool that's Small potatoes, comparatively speaking. There's a $10 million difference between what's in the House Ways and Means budget right now and the amount UMass has said will allow it to freeze tuition.
0: Right, not raise tuition, not raise fees.
2: Exactly. And otherwise, uh, President Meehan said there's probably about a 2.5% increase for uh, in-state undergraduates on the table. Um, Hard to imagine having to, you know, vote for tuition increases as a as a lawmaker.
0: Right. Um, And hey, all of this coming as uh, we learned this week that Governor Baker is going to give the commencement address uh, out at UMass Amherst in May. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, as stop and shop workers continue to strike here in Massachusetts, as we tape right now on Friday afternoon, uh, we heard yesterday Matt Murphy from former Vice President Joe Biden down at the South Bay stop and shop. We had Elizabeth Warren, another 2020 contender, uh, a week ago at a local stop and shop. And uh, right now, this very afternoon, we've got Pete Buttigieg, the South Bend mayor at a uh, local stop and shop. This is kind of becoming the the state fair stop here in Massachusetts for 2020 candidates.
3: Yeah, you're right, Sam, we're just missing those big cow butter sculptures outside. But there was uh, (laughs) plenty of uh, people and fanfare and balloons yesterday outside the stop and shop where uh, Joe Biden was the featured speaker. And this has sort of become the cause celeb. Uh, And these labor movements, particularly for Democrats, have become sort of flashpoints. You know, in Massachusetts, at least, we saw a lot of attention paid when the gas workers went on strike. And of course, that was a slightly different situation. You had a a public utility uh, with public safety potentially at risk this different being uh, you know, a grocery chain, a private company, but uh, Democrats uh, certainly latching on both at the state level. We saw a number of local uh, state lawmakers, House members, state senators there yesterday, as well as uh, you mentioned, Joe Biden, uh, Elizabeth Warren uh, stopping by with Dunkin' Donuts last Friday. We were mm-hmm. just reading the reports that uh, Mayor Pete, is uh, on his way to Malden. And And, uh,
0: Warren's colleague, Ed Markey, uh, introduced Biden yesterday.
3: Sure, Ed Markey was there. Statements have come in from Kamala Harris and Cory Booker in support of the stop-and-shop workers. And uh, this is really, you know, what we heard from Biden, a, a chance to... Uh, speak for these workers that he said more and more in America are not getting treated with the dignity and respect that they used to uh, generations ago when you could uh, achieve a middle class uh, lifestyle and and earn a middle class living by working one of these jobs. Uh, more and more, they say. Uh, Deb Goldberg said Wall Street is taking care of stockholders, and this is a message that uh, perhaps they think is resonating with Democratic voters, uh, as you know everyone is. Uh, pretty much obsessed with 2020 at this point.
0: Right. It was interesting to hear Deb Goldberg, our state treasurer down there at the Stop and Shop, because it was her family that once uh, owned and ran the business.
3: Yeah, her family started Stop and Shop at the turn of the 20th century. Uh, They got out of the business uh, in the late 80s, but uh, she has uh, used her family to talk about this. She uh, arrived yesterday saying that she was bearing a message from her both her parents who live in Boston and are in their late eighties saying that they stand with the workers. And she's talked about how her family uh, that started with her grandfather invited the unions into stop and shop to represent the workers. And she says that, uh, management, uh, treated uh, these workers as family. Now there are some who take issue with uh, her characterization, or at least her rosy characterization of uh, labor uh, at Stop and Shop during her time. I mean, I've I've gotten some emails suggesting that there were strikes and there were labor disputes, and she's acknowledged this to a point. But she says, at least at the end of the day, they were able to shake hands and go out for a beer. Right, and uh, you know we've seen sort of uh, contention. Uh, rising in these labor disputes where that is no longer really possible right
0: now that stop-and-shop is owned by what is it a dutch corporation?
3: Yeah, exactly a dutch company called uh, Ahold delays uh, Owns uh, stop-and-shop. They're actually one of the largest global uh, supermarket owners uh, so uh, this is a big foreign entity and maybe an easy punching bag for people like Joe Biden and Ed Markey and Elizabeth Warren and the rest
2: Katie. Yeah, I have um, nothing substantive to add here, but I just wanted to note that given that this is a very Massachusetts issue, you know, we've seen a lot of Dunkin' Donuts brought to the picket line by uh, local politicians that I'm surprised no one's uh, really trotted out the once potential official state rock song Roadrunner and rewritten it as a striking workers anthem gonna drive past the stop and shop and not cross the picket line yeah faster miles an hour opportunity exactly yeah is this
3: becoming a a trend I think it was Chuck Todd was on Twitter yesterday talking about how he wanted uh, his favorite Ramones song uh, rewritten to uh, drum up uh, interest in the Mueller report release (laughs)
2: This is it. I think we need, you know, more political rock songs is really what we're calling for here.
0: All right. All right. Well, we'll see what we can do. Uh, (laughs) All right. Thanks, Matt. Now, as we're looking ahead to next week, uh, while the House is grinding through those 1,300 and however many amendments are are left over on the table, uh, Chris, uh, you've been following the Gender X Bill over in the Senate, Gender Neutral I.D., And they're taking that up next week. So both branches are going to be coming back from vacation, uh, getting right back to work.
4: That's right. We will see uh, three major things on the Senate's agenda for their uh, Thursday formal session next week. A vote on the gender X bill that you had already mentioned, a vote on a traffic safety bill aimed at reducing fatalities. And they're also set to take up an override of uh, Governor Baker's veto on the so-called cap on kids repeal, something that already passed in the House. But it's this gender X bill that really, really stands out as the big thing coming on Thursday. This has been a, a top priority of the Senate president, Karen Spilka. Uh, it was something that had a lot of support in the Senate last year. I think it passed 30, 36 to one or thirty seven to one, uh, but fell short in the House right at the end. And they've made it a priority to bring it up right now. Only three or four months into the new session, um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a pretty similar vote margin, given that it had such strong support last time around. So, Chris,
0: as as we look ahead to how much debate there might be over this, uh, have there been any amendments filed yet as of this Friday?
4: No, not as of this. Friday. The only amendment on the original version of the bill was just a redraft of the language to kind of clean it up that came out of Ways and Means. Um, Nothing posted to that uh, redrafted version yet. Um, The deadline is Monday at 12 p.m. So there still is time, especially given that this is school vacation week and a lot of lawmakers might be out. We might see some new ones pop up uh, Monday morning. But again, with a a 12 p.m. Monday deadline, there will only be a few hours once we get back from the weekend to file any amendments on that. And like, we mentioned before, you know, given the the history of past support in the Senate, sure, there might be some debate. But uh, this is clearly something that had bipartisan support in that chamber. Uh, It's once it gets over to the House that I think the debate might end up opening up a little bit more and getting a little bit more uh, complicated.
0: Sure. And quickly, as we wrap up here, uh, which traffic safety bill is this?
4: This is a, a Senator William Brownsberger's bill. Uh, basically implements a, a wide range of new traffic restrictions. Um, bikers have to use uh, headlamps. Um, it lowers the speed limit in certain areas to 25 miles per hour. It's kind of a broad-ranging bill. It's not the one proposed by Governor Charlie Baker. It doesn't have anything to do with the hands-free technology that we've seen a lot of debate about and reported out last week by uh, the Transportation Committee. Um, this is, is one kind of focusing more on existing restrictions on the road and trying to make things safer for for everyone out there.
0: 25 miles an hour. Huh. Uh, Matt?
3: Yeah, and I was just going to add one thing to watch for in this gender X debate next week. I think, don't hold me to it. I will actually go back and and do some research. So uh, let me know if I'm wrong. But I think this bill is slightly different than the one that passed the Senate last year in that it also would allow people to petition to have their birth records changed. And uh, Karen Spilka actually spoke about this on the radio earlier this month. And uh, she noted that while a a number of other states, I think uh, eight, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, eight states at least have uh, done the driver's licenses with a third gender neutral option. And she said some states are also starting to look at these birth certificates and that was added. It is in the Senate Ways and Means version. And Spilka said she's not sure. She said, we'll see where this goes. Uh, but it's something she wanted to at least see added and uh, take a try and see how the House and the governor received that uh, idea as well.
4: Sure. And uh, another point there that, uh, that um, building on that it's not just that individuals can petition to have their birth certificates changed. the senate version of this bill this session actually allows parents to put a, a gender neutral option on birth certificates when they have children as oh, well when the
0: child's born yes okay uh, now to wrap us up uh hey colin young tomorrow is 420 uh what does the state have to say about that what's 420 sam What's 420? Well, you had a nice uh, explainer of 420 in the news service copy today. Uh, Yeah,
1: sort of the uh, code word that can indicate any number of things related to marijuana. Uh, (laughs) People like to smoke at 420 p.m. So April 20th has taken on this sort of holiday vibe to it. So the state's reminding people, if you are going to be using marijuana tomorrow or any other day, remember not to drive impaired, have a plan for sober transportation, uh, and keep in mind the the laws about how much marijuana you can have in your possession and uh, the prohibition on transporting it over state lines. And public consumption. Exactly. No smoking in public.
0: (laughs) Well, we'll see how that that goes tomorrow. All right, thanks guys. Have a good one. It's
3: part of the whole holiday weekend, right? Uh, Good Friday, 420 Jeez. Easter <laughs> Sunday.
0: All right. <laughs> See ya.
3: State House Takeout is a production of the State House News Service.
1: And for a daily fix of State House headlines, visit masterlist.com. Masterlist with two S's. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.